1: And I'm an attorney at Pierce Pearson Napolitano in Salem, Massachusetts. We're bringing you another edition of this show with special guests, attorneys Tom Holder and Bruce Maxwell. Tom is an attorney in Georgia. He's at the law firm of Gerber and Holder, and he specializes in workers' compensation cases. And attorney Bruce Maxwell, graduate of Drake University, formerly of Georgia, now lives in Jacksonville and practices at the law firm of Terrell Hogan and specializes in personal injury law, products liability, medical negligence, premises liability cases. And I'm very happy to have you both on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. And a special uh, word from our sponsor, PI Now. Find a local qualified private investigator anywhere in the United States. Visit PINnow.com to learn more. Today's show, we're going to be discussing airline uniform cases, it's been in the news quite a bit lately, and I believe the first cases that I heard about were about 10 years ago with Alaska Airlines. but there have been more, there's been more coverage and, and more damages, should I say, more people complaining of uniform irregularities and symptoms coming from them. Could one of you uh, go into how you came involved with these cases?
0: Bruce. I became involved in these cases about a year and a half ago. I actually have a family member who is a flight attendant with Delta Airlines. She one day just called me out of the blue and said, Hey, I'm on these flights and my coworkers are sick. And not just sick like I've got a cold type of thing, but really sick. And have you heard anything about this? And at the time I said no, but I started looking on the internet and finding out more and more that this was a fairly significant problem. Next thing I know, I'm traveling all over. I end up being on a news broadcast out of Boston. A lot of efforts have gone into this with testing, medical research, and aligning the team that we've put together to bring this case on behalf of these flight attendants. Most of them are flight attendants. We do have a few below-wing workers, they're called, that are on the ground but predominantly they are flight attendants. We have a case that's pending in federal court in Madison, Wisconsin right now, where we've named over 1,200 plaintiffs at this point. In fact, we're getting ready to file another amended complaint, adding more. So I would say by probably the end of next week, there will be well over 1,300 people. And, and the list keeps growing every week. We keep getting calls. Now, a lot of that has subsided of late due to you know covid-19 concerns and the impact it's had on the airline industry but nonetheless this problem still persists delta is still using this purple uniform it's the new uniform they came out with in the end of may of 2018 there was big fanfare about it but what we've discerned is that the uniforms were not properly made and they contain hazardous met- metals and chemicals and which have caused injury, either dermal type injuries on the skin, but also inhalation type of injuries because the substance, the minute particles can become airborne. And that's that's really in a nutshell how I ended up being involved in this. I'm one of three appointed lead counsel by the federal judge. We have a firm out of LA, one of New York, and we also have a local firm in Wisconsin. Our current local counsel actually is the president of their trial lawyers association so we've put a good team together with this and it has been quite a large project and it's still going on and we've got a judge who's really keeping things moving along even in light of all of this pandemic and we soon will be even filing motions for class certification on certain issues
1: wow have you had class action experience in the past that has helped you uh, get to this point
2: I
0: have had some limited experience in classes. I've had it more so in mass torts. This case is kind of a hybrid of both because you ordinarily cannot get class certification on personal injury claims. Well, we've added these injury claims onto the complaint, so to speak. The certifiable issues, though, will probably be limited to injunctive relief. We're we're seeking for everyone. We want the uniforms to be pulled you know, especially out of the planes, and also warranty type issues and actual damage to their own personal property. The purple dye will leach onto undergarments. And uh, it's even gotten onto the, the seat belts and the jump seats and the planes that they have to sit in. And of all things, even the uh, metal chairs in their employee lounges at their main hubs across the country. It's really quite a bizarre issue.
1: And does it affect people in terms of disability from work? Does it cause people to have to be out of work for lengths of time? Do do you, do you know that?
0: Well, it, it has. Many of them were, were out of work for many months. Delta eventually accommodated their request to get into an alternative product, namely what's called the black and white, which is really kind of just an off-the-rack garment that they could go out and buy and be usually reimbursed for. And once they, many of them, once they're out of the purple uniform, they feel a lot better. The problem is many of them have become what's called sensitized, that their autoimmune has been reduced relative to what chemical it is they're reacting to. We know that we have discovered excess formaldehyde levels, bromine levels, and fluorine levels in the garments that we have tested. We believe what's happening is that the dye, there was excessive dye in the fabric, which is essentially coming off, obviously, of the uniform onto the person, onto their skin, and then being airborne as well. And we think that's what, you know, causally is making people ill, either through the skin contact or through inhalation. And it can be quite debilitating. I mean, we have many clients who have been out for well over a year at this point and that it doesn't look like they'll be going back. It seems that the ailments tend to hit the more senior flight attendants more badly, for lack of a better term. In light of what's been going on now with COVID-19 and the, the economic downturn with the airline industry, many of them have even elected to take early retirement A lot of them because they want to get away from this product and and be well. That's certainly something every worker should be entitled to do.
1: Do you have any exclusivity problems in terms of damages, in terms of filing a claim as against a manufacturer, as a third-party negligence type of action, a products action? But also, have you also filed claims against the employers? and, And are you precluded from doing so in any way?
0: We have not filed suit against Delta. We believe that there would be an exclusivity bar in most states. You have to understand that we have people that are all over the country. They are largely congregated in certain major cities like Atlanta, Minneapolis, Detroit, Salt Lake City, Los Angeles. But each of those states' laws will come into play on the exclusivity doctrine. And there are some variations there, but uh, we have not at this juncture uncovered anything that we believe would warrant you know, jumping over that hurdle and bringing Delta into this case at this point. But we are fairly early on into discovery here, and we have not yet deposed anybody at Delta. We have served subpoenas on them, and we have gotten certain records in, and there will be depositions forthcoming. But uh, right now, that's kind of up in the air. We felt that we did not have sufficient information to warrant filing them, you know, in compliance with Rule 11. Who knows what the future may hold, but uh, it could be, in fact, that even Delta itself has claims against Land's End because they are the ones that initiated the contract, and and Delta is the company that furnished a big chunk of these uniforms to their employees from the get-go at no cost to the employees. So a lot of that cost lies with Delta. Whether or not they're going to pursue anything in that regard, we just we don't know at this point.
1: And what has Delta been doing for its employees vis-a-vis medical treatment? I've had a few state comp cases here with Delta flight attendants. They've been asked if they want to, to go to a different state for treatment for 30 days and then get flown back to Massachusetts. Have you seen any of that voluntary opt-in of medical care at, at a big clinic?
0: Yes, we have. Delta chose, for example, all three Mayo facilities, one of which is here in Jacksonville. You know, the Mayo Clinic facilities are top flight. They have picked facilities that are, you know, quality care places where, yes, the clients can go there and Delta will pay them to go there. And there are several that have done so. That is a, an ongoing thing, and, and, you know, Delta has graciously agreed to do that. I think that perhaps more should be doing it, but with all we have going on right now with COVID, I think many, many, including those within the airline industry are even theory of traveling so much. That is going on, and it is helpful. We believe in the places they have chosen, that they are, you know, good, legitimate, quality healthcare organizations. Now, Delta, though, a lot of the employees had to jump through a lot of hurdles through Sedgwick, which is Delta's third-party administrator, and there seemingly are many inconsistent findings or conclusions that were reached where one employee will be treated one way, yet an employee with the same problems, the same reaction, will be treated another. And that especially went on with allowing them to get into an alternative uniform so there were, I mean, I've had many, many, many of these clients who continue to work forcing themselves to wear this uniform and suffering through their work. You know, that, that aspect of things was not really handled very well in our judgment. But it has seemed, Delta has seemed to have come around. But I have heard of late now that they're, they are now declining some of these requests to get into black and white. I just don't know how many there are exactly right now with the limited number of flights that are running.
1: Why would they decline someone's option to go into black and white? I mean, because it just doesn't look like the purple, and they want everyone in the uniform purple look.
0: I mean, you know, know, I I I really don't know. Uh, That would be an logical thought. That you know, they there was big big fanfare about this new uniform line. It was designed by Zach Posen, who's one of the stars of that project runway show, and they you know they had. big celebration at all their main hubs about the coming out of this new uniform. And they invested heavily, not only time, but money as well. So, you know, I think that they were very, very reluctant to let go of that image. And I think that did taint judgment on allowing the flight that were being rendered ill to get into black and white.
1: This is a a good segue uh, for the next part of our program where we talk with attorney Tom Holder a little bit about what he's been seeing. Tom, what you've been seeing in terms of the medical treatment of these injured workers, how long they've been out for, what types of burdens of proof problems you may have encountered in terms of causation hurdles. Why don't we take a quick break uh, before we move on and hear from one of our sponsors.
0: including workers' compensation and surveillance. Find a pre-screened private investigator today. Visit www.pinow.com.
1: And we're back with our guests' attorneys, Bruce Maxwell from Terrell Hogan and Tom Holder from Gerber & Holder. Before the break, we were talking about what elements of these cases are in the workers' comp statutes in each of the individual states where the employees may live. Tom, what have you seen? Have you had any of these cases come through your office and what types of problems with causation have you encountered?
2: I first became aware of this situation through Bruce. You know, As we talked before, we've been friends for a long time. And Bruce's office started referring people with potential Georgia workers' compensation claims to our office. Of course, Delta is headquartered here in Atlanta, so a lot of people came under um, Georgia workers' compensation laws. The biggest problem we found, well, first of all, was that there were a lot of people who had skin type problems, you know, breakouts, rashes, and things like that. And a lot of the flight attendants wanted to try to work work through it, so they weren't really missing time from work, even though they were having medical conditions. On the proof side, and Bruce, correct me if I'm wrong, but Delta at one point it was really trying to resist that the uniforms were even causing the problems and trying to make these occupational disease cases. And as we've seen, you know, even with COVID, it's occupational disease cases that have a very high burden of proof because it's hard sometimes to prove that the problems the injured workers are having were caused by the job and not just from living life in general. So a lot of people, they were being their claims were being denied. Delta wasn't willing to admit that they were having problems, which of course is what Bruce's finding out a lot more about his personal injury case. So a lot of these people were long-term employees. They didn't want to get involved with fighting Delta. They also would just have skin problems or even respiratory problems. They want to try to work through them. So they really didn't have lost time claims. And in workers' compensation, it's very difficult to bring a medical only a medical only claim. It's very hard to get any type of attorney's fees. I would consider that a a long-standing flaw in the workers' compensation system, at least in Georgia, is that it's very difficult for an attorney to bring a medical-only claim because you get involved in a lot of discovery and a lot of fighting, especially since Delta didn't want to put itself on the hook for all these people having problems claiming that it was from the uniform. So from the standpoint of how how much time and money would be involved to prove claims where the damages weren't that great in terms of the lost wages, it was very diff- would be very, very difficult for a firm like ours to get involved with.
1: Right. I would think that there would be some concern if an injured worker were left with a sensitivity and that person were to take that in you know, as a chronic condition throughout her life if, if it was never proven as work comp. Should she have the aggravation on a job in the future, it would be much more difficult, right, to, to prove that it was originally workers' comp if it was never adjudicated as such, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the other thing also is a lot of Delta workers, and I say it's a credit to Delta's culture, are very dedicated to the company and really didn't want to get involved in fighting Delta on these claims. Um, you know, Bruce's lawsuit, when they're doing you know tremendous work. As you as he said before was not really against Delta, and I think Bruce, you might be able to speak to this. That psychologically, I think it was a lot. It's a lot easier for the flight attendants to bring a claim against Lands End and not blame Delta for their problems.
0: I think so. Yeah, they they are by and large very committed to Delta, and you know it's unfortunate that so many of the 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 badly injured ones are in the more older. Delta population, and then, you know, these are employees that have been with a company for 20, 30. I even have one client who has flown for over 50 years. So there is a lot of loyalty to Delta. It took quite some convincing, actually, to assure them that this isn't against Delta, that we're going after Land's End. You know, finally, after uh, months of preparation, we, we, you know, we assembled a large number of people which we felt would be needed. The initial filing on this case was over 500 people from the very start. So, and I, and I know that this situation has affected thousands. My office has been called over 3,500 times by various people. Some deciding to not pursue it for whatever reason, but others who have, and, uh, we are still taking on more people. And we get calls every week about it. Interestingly, there are some situations in even other airlines where workers are becoming ill. Southwest Airlines, for example. I don't know if this is just something that's very peculiar within the airline industry and their requirements to have, for example, fire retardants, stain repellents, and the ultra ultra permanent press type of look that's required you know larger doses of chemicals, but Qualifier on all that is that, you know, the testing, again, that we have performed shows levels that are well in excess of the tolerable standards that, unfortunately, are not U.S. standards, but rather European standards, which, amazingly, we here in the U.S. after the 1970s just gave up on regulating the garment industry, which would include uniforms. Most of that stuff, in fact, all of the stuff on the Delta cases, it it was made overseas. Uh, Malaysia, China, Vietnam, Indonesia, that's where all the oversight needed to occur. And again, we're having to face standards that are not here within our own country. We do have some OSHA regs that maybe touch on this, but nothing like over in Europe. So we have that hindrance, I would say, in a way. But again, our testing, and we we, we pick just random people in random garments. And we used three different labs, all of which are very independent. And you know, we've got levels that are, especially on the uh, fluorine issue, are very, very high.
1: What about any potential bankruptcies? I noted that tailored brands filed for bankruptcy in Texas. This is on the American Airlines matter. Uh, What if Lands End were to ever file for bankruptcy? Would that have any impact on your case, Bruce?
0: Well, if Land's End were to do that, it certainly I think it would. We would obviously receive a notice of stay. We would have to figure out how we can get around that automatic stay, certainly to the extent of insurance comp- coverage we would be able to, but I think the damages in this case and the uh, the size of it are going to greatly exceed the applicable insurance coverage so that, that could be an issue, but I don't really see it because Land's End is very solid. If you look up their SEC filings, they're a pretty strong company. And nothing that I've read, even as of the last quarter filing, indicates that they're in any distress or anything to cause us concern that that, that would come knock on what, you know, no one knows for sure with anything these days, but I think that would be kind of a very, very large step on their part and would would potentially harm their own company doing something like that.
1: Would there be any other defendants that you could seek to make as part of of this claim? You you noted manufacturers in other countries.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, there could be, but think of the difficulty of doing that. I know on a products case years ago, Uh, that I handled uh, against a Japanese manufacturer, I was going to go over there and take a deposition of a 30B6 representative. Mm -hmm. And I was informed if I had gone forward with what I was doing, I would have been arrested over there. That it would have been illegal for me as an attorney to do that over there. And the only way you can do anything is to go through the U.S. Embassy and follow all the Hague Convention requirements, which are numerous. And I even on that particular case followed up and called the U.S. Embassy in Hong Kong. And I was told the soonest date I could get to take a deposition would be somewhere around, I think it was two and a half to three years later. How's that going to do anybody? (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's just crazy. It would, it would just be so difficult. I'm not saying it would be impossible to do, but it it would be difficult. And we, we don't really feel that, that there's really going to be a need to, to venture out that direction. Because again, we do believe that Lands End is a pretty solid company. We're actually hopeful that once they learn things that we know and things that we've done, that they may come around and realize that they have a significant problem on their hands. Right. And, be, and be willing to do something to correct it.
1: What extent are the other uniform cases having any sort of impact for you in terms of study research? Are you able to share information with, with the lawyers in the other cases with the, the other airlines?
0: Yeah, the only the only significant case right now is the American Airlines case. You know, we have been in touch with the lawyers in Chicago, and I think the other firm is based in Dallas. Dallas or Houston, one or the other, and we've we, you know we very much have been in contact with them. They're out in front of us. Their their they're, their cases occurred a couple of years before so certainly we're willing to to learn from that process. And I did read about you know, the fight that's occurred over Taylor brands, I think that Americans not going to be able to take advantage of that in any way because the Twin Hill Corporation was the manufacturer of those uniforms. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that, that corporation had nothing to do with Taylor brands and they're not gonna be able to avail themselves of the umbrella of the automatic stay through bankruptcy. I see. So that that's where things are with that, we haven't really had any indicator than anything in that regards coming forward our, our direction, and we just keep pushing ahead. And you know, like I said, we've got some deadlines that are coming up. The court's even given us a trial date in November of twenty one. Is there a
1: deadline for folks to join the class before that's certified, and and how may they contact you? What what's the best way if someone thinks they've been impacted by this?
0: Right now, there's no set deadline to be added. I I would think. At some point, the court's going to stop it, I think, and I think that point probably will be determined by whether or not the judge grants us class certification, and we should know that in a few months, but they, people can always contact my firm, you know, my name again, Bruce Maxwell, I'm with Terrell Hogan, we're in Jacksonville, Florida, our office number here is 904-632-2424. And I can be reached through my email, maxwell at Terrell Hogan, and that's spelled T as in tango, E Echo R Roger R Roger, E Echo L Larry L Larry dot com. So again, maxwell at Terrell Hogan dot com. We'd be happy to talk with them about it.
1: Great. I appreciate that. And and Tom, can you also give out your firm contact and your number in case anyone should have a a comp case that uh, they're thinking might be? Helpful for you to help them with?
2: Sure. And also um, just like with Bruce, I'm I'm the only, I'm the only attorney who's dealing with the flight attendants on these cases since I've been talking to Bruce and know what's going on. So if anybody mm-hmm. is interested, they would be contacting me directly. Our phone number is 678-802-8650. And my email address is T holder H O L D E R at Gerber, G-E-R-B-E-R, Holder, H-O-L-D-E-R, Law, la com.
1: Great. Thank you both for being um, guests on this podcast, a very informative uh, discussion, and look forward to hearing more about uh, your suit, Bruce, and, and I wish you all the luck in the world with it. Uh, Tom, go Pats, go Sox. Sorry about that, buddy. I'll invite you up here to Fenway Park one of these days (laughs) when they open it again
2: I've seen your uh, your dad's seats it's always great to uh, go to a game in Fenway and I look forward to seeing the two of you and seeing Bruce and the great work that he's doing on this case also
1: absolutely
0: great thanks so much for having us we really appreciate it
2: I'd like to thank them
1: for personally uh, coming on and for those of you listening please tune in to our next show and go out and make it a day that matters thank you
2: Thanks for listening to
0: Workers' Comp Matters today on the Legal Talk Network, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, where we try to make a difference in workers' comp legal cases for people injured at work. Be sure to listen to other Workers' Comp Matters shows on the Legal Talk Network, your only choice for legal talk.